I'm Lorraine and I'm black. I'm Sarah and I'm Jewish. We're going back to school to learn some basic black and Jewish stuff we should totes already know. Let's get learned up! fucking do it right now um lorraine sarah we're fucking talking about models we're talking about supermodels i'm like everyone <laughs> will want to look like me just wait and, and see when i'm a supermodel and my hair will shine like the sea <laughs> okay um that was pretty good that was good so here was my reaction when you pitched this idea. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, great. I have to research Bar Raffaele because that's kind of the only, like, example of a Jewish supermodel. Okay. Um, and I was annoyed because I don't care about her and I'm not interested <laughs> in researching her. Um, actually, she, fun fact, I did learn, I did not research Bar Raffaele, by the way. A spoiler. But I learned that she uh, doesn't even really identify as Jewish. So that's oh, that's funny. I thought you were gonna say she doesn't consider herself a model. That's <laughs> <laughs> not really what I do. I don't really consider myself white. It's like, uh, you are. <laughs> the world does, so you so, are. So yeah, that's yeah. who you. I think be. that's so funny. Should but, I should I like make that my thing? Like I well, don't consider I mean, myself white because I'm Jewish, which I f- fucking pisses me off when Jewish people are like, I'm not white, I'm Jewish. It's like, no, you're white. That would be a great way to get people to hate you. <laughs> yeah. If that's what you want, if you want that kind of attention, do that. I'm trying to get eggs in West Hollywood. That's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> reference to something that people didn't hear no, they i don't didn't think hear it it, yeah didn't make the cut <laughs> didn't make it um, uh, it's okay yeah. if you guys want the behind the scenes uh, text me <laughs> whatever um sure. okay so who did you actually do research okay on? so then i was like wouldn't it be funny and cool if i kind of turned this assignment on its head this isn't really turning it on its head i just thought i want to do a male model <laughs> so because, can i pause you right please. there because i we were texting and i was like how about the subject is supermodels and then sarah goes well, I'm thinking I'm going to make it a little different by doing a male model. And I'm like, I didn't say that the subject would be girl supermodel. But isn't it funny that when you hear the word supermodel, like, is a male mm. ever described as a supermodel? I mean, maybe. Because I think that by definition, supermodel is like highly paid, in-demand right. model. So it could be. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I think it's just not... I don't know. I think it's just not used. Femininity is implied. Right. A supermodel. Yeah, because I think also supermodel suggests that it's like an across the board kind of a thing. Like it's hair, makeup, fashion, Mm -hmm. um, like lifestyle shit. You do editorial stuff. You'd be on the cover of like Vogue or like Allure. You'd also like do catwalks. Maybe maybe you're a Victoria's Secret model and you walk in that like horrible... I'm putting fashion in air quotes. Mm -hmm. Fashion show. Mm -hmm. That's just like you're wearing like a... Like a string bikini and wings. And honestly, what's really on display is your skin. Yes. <laughs> your, oh, yes. your body. Right. And men, for better or worse, are not as objectified in that way. Yeah. No. It's like they're known for being male models. It's like, oh, wow, look at that man being a model. Everybody what a model example of <laughs> yeah. a man. Yeah. A model citizen. So, it, so you're right. I think when you say supermodel, you hear woman yeah but i just think of like giselle and Mm -hmm. um she did victoria's secret right that was like her main thing yeah yeah oh my god 
Victoria's Secret's coming up a lot. Yeah, I feel like... Really? Yeah, I just feel like when I think of supermodels, all of them are Victoria's Secret models. But then I have to be like, wait a second, what about the original supermodels, like Cindy Crawford? I talk about that. Naomi Campbell. Great, great, great. Awesome. So anyway, I wanted to do a male model because I think it's fun to objectify men for a change. So Um, who'd you do? um, This... This Israeli fellow named Ron Danker. Never heard of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, he's soups famous in Israel. Um, he is an actor, singer, and model. A little triple huh. threat. Um, he, okay, I have to pause now and say that I cannot confirm from my internet findings that he is Jewish. But so I'm making an assumption and mm. I, I may get some flack for this. Interesting. You can't assume that just because someone is Israeli that they're Jewish, right? Yeah. Um, but I just think he is. So let's just go with this. How about this? It, okay. Even if, let's just say by some wild chance, he's not Jewish. I would consider him an export of Jewish culture. Okay. Just from the sheer fact that he's Israeli. Is that not yes. fair? An export of Jewish culture. Yeah. Like, yeah. they made him. Without without Jewish culture, this guy may not be possible. Right. I mean, he... Jewish culture meaning, like, Israel represents Jewish culture because it's, like, majority Jewish. Yeah, and I mean, it's a Jewish state. It's a Jewish state. Like, it state. exists to promote Jewishness. Right. But, I mean, there's certainly, like, a lot of content. I don't, I don't know if you can say that all content that comes from Israel is necessarily, like, a product of Jewish culture. Like, there's, like, Israeli shows and music that, like, have nothing to do with Judaism. But can we ever say that Israel doesn't have anything to do with Judaism? This is a thorny, multi-layered topic. All I can do is shrug. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good. Okay. Well... He's probably Jewish, guys. Okay. Uh, Ron Danker. Um, hey, Lorraine, I have a joke. Uh, what is Israel's favorite Leonard Cohen song? Um, what is it, Sarah? You Ron it, Danker. Ah! <laughs> That's a play on the Leonard Cohen song, You Want It Darker, which wow. is, I think, a very fun pun. Anyway, um, I'm going to give myself a little emoji clap for that. Mm-hmm. Um by the way, it is less than two weeks away uh, from the Emoji Movie release. Have you bought your tickets yet? <sighs> what the fuck are we going to do? Okay, let's move on. I um, No, just like, it's... what After this Emoji Movie drops, what are movies? Um, a movie, you know? Yeah. I think that... Uh, movies are anything. A movie is, uh, movies are farts. Movies are hiccups. But yeah. yeah. Movies are high fives. I want to make a film of nothing but reaction gifts. <laughs> yeah. Like all the reaction. You, can. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all the reaction gifts are characters mm-hmm. and they don't do anything but that one reaction, yeah. you know? And yeah. like they have relationships with each other and we just watch a full two hours of that. Yep. I just do you want to work on that with me? Sure, let's do that. And let's also do um, just a dancing hot dog for yes. an hour and 30 minutes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think that's a really good idea, actually. Like, establishing shots of major cities and landmarks <laughs> and, like, you know, like, landscapes and the dancing hot dogs doing his yeah. thing with his cute little smile. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cute. Do you remember um, peanut butter? Wait, what was that? Peanut thing? butter jelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I really It'll like be that. It'll like that. Um, <laughs> So here's a fun fact. Um, Ron Danker couldn't find a ton of info about his modeling career or even like a lot of photographic evidence. I do know that he, I kept reading that he modeled for Diodora, which is an Italian athletic wear company, focusing primarily on footwear. Um, 
And yeah, so he he modeled for them. Um, but the majority of his resume is like singing and acting credits. So this is where this episode diverges and just becomes about this like hot dude who mostly sings and acts now. Hey, I'm fine with that. Episode one was supposed to be movies and I talked about a TV miniseries. <laughs> so let's That's do this. So real. Um, so what's the deal with this guy? Was it like he was discovered as a model and then just, you know, launched from there? And I don't think so. I think he was actually discovered. I think his first gig was acting. He um, was on this, his like first big gig, I think, was this TV show called Hashir Shalanu. Um, that, what the hell does that mean? I looked it up. Hashir, uh, meaning our song. Mm. I fell in John's song. Um, yeah. Is it was a, an Israeli comical musical drama? Okay, um, sure. Okay, yeah. Um, I think it was like High School Musical, but as a TV show and Israeli. I don't know. Okay, but dramatic as bad pitch. Uh, anyway, it was a show that ran <laughs> 2004 to 2007. Um, so he like. You know that kind of like launched his career. A lot of people know him from that, and. Um, the lead actress in that, who's also a huge star, I think still in Israel, Nanette Tayeb, they were in like an on again, off again, like super tumultuous relish. Um, so, and then broke up ultimately. And that was like headline making news, very exciting. Um, and then like his second kind of major acting credit TV wise is the show that um, I think is still on. It's called Gordon Cell, G-O-R-D-I-N. I might be pronouncing it wrong. It might be Gordine. I don't know. Um, it's like a psychological thriller, um, kind of like The Americans. It's about two married KGB spies um, who I think emigrate to Israel and drama ensues. Um, anyway, it's supposed to be really good, and he's supposed to be great in it. I read a review of it that um, talks about – I think it was actually a New York Times review – that talks about how um, he – is kind of like like his performance and his whole vibe is very um, like Keanu Reeves in Matrix, like kind of like a blank vessel, but yeah. like on purpose, you know, like sort of bad on purpose, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, I would like to show you some pictures of Ron Danker because he is soups fine. Um, oh, good. Yeah, as you would expect from a model. Um, come on, Ron, where are you at? Okay, I'll just take you through some of his Instagram. Um, by the way, he was born Khalil Danker. And then I don't know why I changed it to Ron. Khalil but is so much better. It's so much better. Of like a model name. Um, Sorry, Ron. He was born in Virginia. Like USA? USA. And then moved to Tel Aviv with his mother when he was two years old. Oh, interesting. Boy is, uh, yeah, member of the very, DMV club. Very interesting. Look at this motherfucker. That's him? Look at how handsome he is. Oh my gosh. He's, he, he is kind of like young Keanu meets like a little Orlando Bloom vibes. This Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. You know who else he kind of looks like? Mm. What's the guy's name? Uh, you two, Mama Tambian. Yes, that is that who guy. I was thinking of. Gabriel, whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Garcia. Garcia Bernal. Yeah. yeah, right. A little bit of him, and also look at him. Oh my God, he's so cute. He's such a cutie. You know who else he kind of looks like in this photo, Ooh. but not. In oh, that looks so Keanu. In that so one. Keanu. Okay, he also looks a little bit like Max Gold. Do you know him? 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot unsee it. Um, you know what? No yeah. shade. Max Gold is a very attractive man who we went to college yeah, with. Yeah, he is. He's so handsome. And I think he's making movies out here in LA. He is. So he's making really good movies. Max, and if you hear this, like, call us up. Like, we're available. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Max, he, we're, like, tight. Like, I don't know if you know. Like, I just haven't talked to him in a really long time, but, like, he's my we're boy. We're, like, best friends. We haven't talked for, like, five years, but, we, like, we are. <laughs> we are close in a way. <laughs> There um, is. It's so funny though, because like there's enough of a distance that I feel like comfortable being like he's consistently very handsome. But then there's also like yeah. not that much of a distance as I'm a sort of like Max. We're still friends. Sorry if I'm creeping you out by yeah. being like you fine. Let's talk about him more. Okay. And send him the link to this. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this face. Look at this punum. Ron uh, Danker. Ron Danker. Um, I wanna spank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So. I watched one of his movies um, because I was like, what else am I going to do? I can't just, like, look at photos of him and have that be my homework. Um, I could do that. I mean, it honestly could have been. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. would have been so fine with that. If this, like, whole episode was you just Which scrolling through photos. Which silently, like, <laughs> clicking. You just hear, like, the faint sound. We're just, like, describing, like, how, how hot he you looks. think he is in each one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this one's a little it's iffy. more of an airline five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is fun. I'll say it again. It is fun to uh, pick apart men's bodies. Oh, because yeah, it is fun. It just feels, you know, it's kind of like a righteous sort of uh, Tarantino-esque act of revenge. Yeah, it's kind of, and it's a little bit like junk food. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I spend so much time trying to fight against the tradition of picking apart anyone's bodies. Oh, yeah. But, like, if a, man, if a man stands up and says, for a living, I would like you to judge me for how I look, I will sink my teeth into that. I will be like, absolutely, yes. <gasps> Last night, I was looking at pictures of Idris Elba, who <gasps> is almost 45. Wow. And it's just, he is just. Slaying it. Oh, my God. He is so gorgeous. In any time zone, in oh. any time, in any universe, he would still be, I think, the most attractive man. I was looking at his chest and his abdomen. And you guys, like, I was thinking about stuff I could fit in between the ridges of his <laughs> abs. Like what? Like pencils, oh, like little skittles, little straws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah, but he's can you, so can you hold cut. A little, a little burger, little his, slider, and his arms are just so defined. And I also love how he's like gray. Like he's got like oh, salt yeah. and pepper beard. Oh yeah. Salt and pepper hair. He's old and he's fucking hot. But let's talk about like, okay, let's talk about fucked up stereotypes and like beauty conventions because mm. there's such a double standard. Like. There could not be a female Idris Elba who was like showing her grays, and you know yeah. what I mean. And you're like, oh, she's like old, but she's still got. That's like, a really good point. I mean, Halle Berry, no gray hair. Yeah, and she's like fifty at least. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, I was talking to my friend about this earlier this week. We were talking about how, like, when it comes to handsomeness for men, like, and like what it means to be a man, guys are often taught like. Like the man you're gonna become is somewhere like middle aged, like late thirties, <laughs> yeah. mid forties. Yeah. Like that's a man who's accomplished stuff. Yeah, he's assumed power. Yeah, like you know, he's, he's a provider. He's a provider. Yeah, like that's who they're meant to become, and that's kind of their target. Mm-hmm. And for us, our target is like late teens, 16. early twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's sort of like hurry up. Like we're on a race. <laughs> we're in a race. Like hurry up and figure out how to look. Like that, and then desperately just cl- like clutch it dearly because it's not going to last. But forever. don't clutch it too dearly for too long, because then you look sad, and Ugh. then people are like, "Why did she do that to her face? Why do you think she did that to her face? You mm-hmm. fucking idiot!" Mm-hmm. I get so mad. Like I was on set a couple days ago for my job, and people are still talking about Renee Zellweger. And They're like, still talking about her face. 
Still talking about she her face. She already made a, the choice. She made about her face. And like, it was that like a I year never, ago. It was a, no, it was like two years ago. Oh my god! I didn't care then, and I don't care now. Like, I actually think, I I thought she looked fine. I thought she actually looked like she was. She had stopped getting plastic surgery, and she'd kind of like let things. Oh, interesting. Kind of go or, or something. I just was like. Yeah, that's just a woman who's getting a little older. Yeah, you Can we want, just let her do that? You want to know what I think? I think that the people's biggest problem with it was a woman taking her life by the reins and just making a decision. Like, yeah. her job is her face, and she was like, you know what? I want to do this now with my face. And it's so radically different. People were, like, just unhinged over it. Like, you can't take your old face away from me. It's like, sorry, she can do whatever the fuck she wants with her face. Yeah, maybe she's tired of having a certain face for all you people. Yeah, she's sick you know? of the face that, like, yeah, that you're right. That other face belongs to you. She realized that and she decided to have a face for her. Ugh. I love you, Renee Zellweger. I do too. I think she's a great actress. I think so too. And I like her, like, quirky personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, this episode is dedicated to Max Gold and Renee Zellweger. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's like so funny. Can I just say Max Gold is my Jubu for this episode? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let's just jump ahead to that. Okay. Um, That's great. So, okay, so I watched this movie um, that got a bunch of acclaim. It's called Eyes Wide Open. Came out in 2009. Exactly. Could not stop singing that. Um, (laughs) I just think it's kind of lame to call your movie Eyes Wide Open after Eyes Wide Shut has come out. It's like we're always going to draw that comparison. Right. Just call it something else. That's what I do when I name improv teams. I try to, I, I always pitch names that are a little bit like something that's in the zeitgeist so people will accidentally Google us. <laughs> and that's fun. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I, who are these people? Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean for them to stumble on this. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll watch them now. So <laughs> I guess that's what happened with Eyes Wide Open. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, people went looking by for Eyes Wide Shut and they were like, what is this? Ooh. <laughs> and, but actually, like, the, the synopsis is like hella intriguing. It's like, uh, an ultra orthodox butcher and a homeless man cross paths and like forbidden love in the what? orthodox Jewish community in Jerusalem. <laughs> Sexy times ensue, but the community is not okay with it and like they try to like tear this love apart. Anyway, it's actually super good. I really enjoyed it. Was and it I- a kosher butcher? It was a kosher butcher. Okay. So yeah. like the the forbiddenness was just that it was a gay relationship. Yeah. Wow. And it really shone, shined, shun. I never a light. know what is the right past tense of that verb. I don't know. But anyway, it really <laughs> it really is continuing to shine a light on how little I know about Orthodox Judaism. And I wanna like tag that or like bookmark that for later, because like I really need to get learned up on like what is the difference between Orthodox and Hasidic mm. Judaism, you know? Yeah. Um, I would watch that with you too, by the way, if you were interested. Watch what? Eyes wide open. Oh. So oh, you just meant the topic. The topic. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so the movie's good. I recommend it. Um, it's, yeah, they have this, so like the, I'll just like read off a couple observations I had. Well, one thing is that is kind of crazy that like um, I didn't realize exists are these things called modesty squads. So like within, we've talked a little off mic about like how interesting the sort of like legal system within the um, Hasidic community is and mm-hmm. how people like largely do not report crimes or like go to the police with things and they kind of like to sort of internally police. So modesty squads in the movie are these men, these like upstanding members of the community um, and it's set in Jerusalem who like take it upon themselves to enforce certain like moral codes. And so they like go to this dude's house who is like having an affair with a married or an engaged woman. This is just like a separate plot point to show like how, um, like stringent this community is about certain types of behavior that like should just 
people, you should just like live and let live. But they're like, no, we can't do that. Right. So these dudes who show up at this guy's house and like intimidate him and like fuck his house up and like beat, you know, like threaten to beat him up. Shit. So, and that's like all kosher. That's like all okay within this certain community. Anyway, it's wild. Uh, and it really like reminded me like, oh yeah, like Orthodox Jews aren't that like cool with people being gay. You know? I guess not. Like, really any, like, religious extremism is not that tight with gayness. Wow. And it's important to remember that because I always think in my very, like, privileged, like, uh, reform Jewish kind of perspective. Yeah. Oh, like, Jews are so cool about gays and, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of rabbis who are marrying, you know, who have been marrying gay couples for a long, long, long time. And reform Judaism is very liberal and progressive. But I'm pretty sure it, like, says in the like original Bible, the Torah, like yeah. it's not that cool to like oh. lie with a, you know, for a man to lie with another man. I don't know. Anyway. I, well, I wanted to ask you the modesty squad thing. Yeah. That is this sort of internal group of people that like enforce this stuff. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's not cool. We don't like this. So we don't gonna... like this. We're going to take it upon ourselves to like do something about it and make you change your ways. Ugh. Um, scary. It's really scary. Yeah. It is really scary. Cause it's like a, Above the law. Yeah. You know, it's like it's its own little thing. Right. And by the way, it's not against the law to be gay in Israel. So it's kind of like, or, yeah. Uh, so it's kind of crazy that, like, they're saying, even though this is technically not illegal, it is not cool with us. Right. So you have to stop. Um, yeah. They're definitely, like you said, above the law. Um, but, yeah, I thought this, this was a really cool moment. Um, there, uh, There's a scene where um, the... The two leads, like the the butcher and this homeless guy who the butcher has, like, taken in and is, like, giving him a temporary shelter while the guy, like, gets on his feet and all that stuff. And everyone's kind of suspicious of their relationship. Anyway, like, they're at um, yeshiva, yeshiva together, which is, like, I thought yeshiva. I used to think yeshiva was, um, like, a Jewish high school. Like, that's what yeshiva meant. Um, like, my uncle used to say, like, oh, I went to yeshiva in the Bronx. So I think it's just any, like, institute of like Jewish learning where they read like scripture and Talmud and like talk about lessons from the Torah and stuff. Cool. Yeah. So I think it can be like any age group. And like, in this case, it's a bunch of, you know, middle-aged men who like gather for basically Bible study. Um, So anyway, the, the rabbi is reading from scripture and the quote that he reads is he who dwells in abstinence is a sinner. A man who prevents himself from drinking wine is a sinner. He makes a sacrifice. Why? God doesn't want a man to suffer. He shouldn't cause himself to suffer. Why has God created the world? To make good for us, to ease our souls. Anyway, I thought that was cool. It's like w- that we shouldn't be abstaining from certain things. Like God doesn't want us to suffer. I just thought that was like a cool pa- passage that's obviously like in conflict with this like main struggle between like wanting to observe this very pious life where people aren't, you know, chill with two dudes fucking right. and like living your truth and being with someone who you love and are attracted to. And yeah. so there's this constant struggle in the movie of like, you know, should I choose like piety or should I choose like desire and love? Wow. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool to like hear that line, you know, hear those lines about like, God doesn't give a fuck what you do. Like follow your bliss, you know? Amen. Um, anyway, I just want to also say side note, side observation, I love how anytime we find out in a movie that a character draws or paints, you know it's only a matter of time before the other character asks, can you draw me? Right. You know, like Titanic knew it. This movie knew it. Um, Also, side note, wigs are weird. 
Orthodox women have to wear wigs or like cover they their hair. They have to wear wigs? Yes. Or wear like a head covering, like when they're out and about, like interacting with society because the hair, your hair, your own hair is like a, it's like a dirty secret. It's like seeing a woman's hair, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, honestly, please like email me, but I'm pretty sure this is right. I think this is the reason in Orthodox Judaism why women can't show their hair because it's like supposed to be, supposed to elicit desire oh, from men. Oh, interesting, interesting. And so it's like covering up cleavage. Yeah, like, exactly. So, it makes men too excited, yeah, so you have to hide it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, like, interesting. Because men are capable of such, like, monstrous acts. And, we, like, you know, I, it sounds like I'm being facetious, but, like, that's legit, like, a thing in our Western culture. Like, we, like, yeah, we see cleavage, but, like, if we're talking about, like, the workplace, like, it's all, like, shameful and stuff. Like, yeah. we understand. There's right. this tacit understanding. we right. got to cover our bosoms. Oh, yeah. And, and women are obviously, like blamed for, for things that happen to them because of the clothing they're wearing. Yeah, isn't that so... Isn't that hilarious and fun and cool? adorable. Okay. Um, but well, anyway, but it's like, well, okay. About the hair thing, yes. you're teaching me something here because I, there I was, I'm so ignorant, I was thinking that when I was seeing Orthodox Jewish women around, I thought that a lot of them just had the same exact hairstyle, like same hair texture, same hair cut, same like preferences of how to style it and now right, i'm realizing like, no, yeah. they probably have very similar wigs oh and yeah i'm so stupid i mean <laughs> you're not stupid it's kind of like it's kind of uh shocking to think about i mean i feel so stupid because i pride myself on being able to point out fake hair oh and right. there i was not just assuming i'm like yeah that all looks the same because like everything is pretty uniform with yeah, the they, look i guess they just have really thick hair with no discernible part right <laughs> you know? no those are wigs yeah those are fucking wigs wow and it's like okay i'm about to say something like super disrespectful but um it's like of course orthodox men are not going to want to have sex with these women like of course they're gonna like whoa go like <laughs> whoa Sarah. <laughs> i'm just saying like they're 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 made to look deliberately unattractive like these women are they're wearing these ugly wigs they wear like kind of loose fitting like dowdy clothes mm-hmm. that like do not emphasize their female form whatsoever right um they wear like nude pantyhose and like closed-toed flat shoes true but devil's advocate here i assume that people like this forces people to be flexible mentally it stretches your imagination of like what is attractive a little bit yeah but also if you want to sexualize one of these women women you have to like suspend disbelief or whatever you know you 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 like first of all you're forced to get to know someone's personality before just like sexualizing the way that they look and judging them based on that first you get to know them and then just our sexual desires like dance around and get all willy-nilly in our brains and next thing you know it's all imagination bone town right you're like, I literally have no idea what she looks like naked, so I have no choice but to just make Imagine it Imagine I'm going to project onto her what I think sexy is. Right. Isn't that a little uh, abstract and exciting? I guess so. <laughs> but I, I think this is one of the reasons why there's such a high instance of, um, like, pros- like uh, oh. seeking out prostitution yeah, I, I, within the Orthodox absolutely. Jewish community. Um, it's and, not fun to be that creative. And, That's yeah, too much work. Um, of former um co-worker of mine in uh new york who we worked at this wine bar together and she also worked at a strip club a few days a week she said that like a lot of their customers were actually like orthodox jewish men Whoa. who like shouldn't be there but they're like sneaking out to like get their giggles you know eek yeah anyway i just think extremism in any form is problematic and yeah, um i agree and like segregating men and women like it's you know it's like tale as old as time like i went to all these 
old, beautiful Orthodox Jewish synagogues in Europe. Like when I went on this trip in college for this Jewish studies class I took, and it's like, I the view from the the women's seating is fucking. It's like obstructed view. Like That's it's so... like discount theater ticket. Like not a good seat. That's bad. It's bad. Um, there's like bars and shit like blocking your. It's like stop. Let me sit down down in front. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. with my husband. <laughs> Or like my, you know, male coworker, my brother, my brother. Mm -hmm. Can I just, can my brother and I just have the exact same experience at Temple? Right. Ah. Let me remind listeners that our episode is about supermodels. (laughs) Supermodels. Models who are super. This is what happens when I pitch ideas. So far, like most of the episode (laughs) topics have been Sarah. Like, oh, let's do this. And me going, okay, that's cool. And like, this is what happens when we take a chance on one of Lorraine's ideas. No, but this is great because now we're talking about like talking about sexuality and extremism and like how I should know more about probably Orthodox Judaism before I just like go off on it. (laughs) Um, But I do want to say something. One little interesting nugget. So um, obviously in this movie, uh, Ron Danker portrays like a man who is engaged in a like gay relationship and there's like, you know, gay sex portrayed. Um, In 2015, he came out as bisexual. Okay. uh, To the Jewish, what is this? Um, Times of, uh, the Times of Israel, I think. Sorry, this website isn't loading. I read this article on the timesofisrael.com. Um, yeah, he came out as bi and um, said that he'd been dating a man for several years. And um, he said, I really like what he said about uh, sexuality. He said, sexuality is another way for the soul to define itself. Uh, it's complicated and combines many components. The total of people is the total of sexual possibilities. Mm. Um, uh, I'm attracted to both women and men. Why should we narrow ourselves into a definition? I don't want to define myself. Way to go, Ron. Way to go, Ron. By the way, Ron is spelled R-A-N. Just to make things weird. I I caught that, but listeners, if you weren't paying attention to the link. It's not like Ronald. Yeah. It's it's like Ron. 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 (laughs) I ran so far. I ran so far away. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, guys, he's hot. Just check him out. He Um, is. Lorraine, hmm? please continue. I was going to say, I hope that like while people have been listening to us talk about everything under the sun they've just been like google image searching ron and getting excited i hope that too um can i just share before i pass the torch yes um, pass the torch sounds like i'm retiring um <laughs> yeah. this, is last this, is, guys, this is my last episode <laughs> um this is ron danker i'm just gonna put this up to the mic this Please. is a little video of him just like riffing in song this, this dude is playing the piano and he's just like i think he's just uh, improvising and he's got a very lovely voice so let's hear it was like an attempt at like a christina run did you hear that a little ah, ah, ah. yes 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 don't know if he pulled it off but he's got a nice voice yeah he does he certainly does i <laughs> hope he, he enjoys you know trying on that classic you know gospel black music tradition <laughs> how did that make oh, yeah. you feel lorraine well just uh, flattered honestly it's like all right ron wants a little piece of that Ooh. get in there ron enjoy yeah. yourself 
Um, there's a clip that I watched that I'm not going to play of him on some like Israeli, I think it's like the Israeli version of the voice or something. He's like on some singing competition mm. with this woman, uh, Nanette, uh, what the hell is her name? The, 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 the singer star. we had a little thing with yeah, Nanette yeah. Tayeb. They're singing a duet of, uh, your song. Um, and it's like the Moulin Rouge version. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, he's channeling That's you and McGregor sweet. and he's, you know what? He's doing a really good job. So it's, but it's really funny to hear like Israelis singing English. Oh uh, yeah. It's just cute. Yeah. I like that too. I like hearing pretty much like anyone who's like mm-hmm. not American, like singing our stuff. Yep. It's, it's good. Um, Lorraine. Hi. Uh, Lorraine here. Oh, would, <laughs> Lorraine, would you ever date a male model? No way. Not in a million years. Yeah, me either. Oh my God. You would seriously have to pay me. Like you'd actually have to pay me. It would have to be like, um, one of those fake Hollywood relationships. Yeah, like a Tom Cruise, Katie, whatever yes, her name is situation. They are, they are the go-to example, they aren't really they? Are. They're like the poster children for Well, is there fake... anyone else who's, who's like so obviously <laughs> like put together by I mean, corporate I, Hollywood? I don't know, but I will say like even some of the organic ones, I think we got to call into question like how authentic they are over time. For example, Justin and Brittany, mm. I think that they probably liked each other and maybe they eventually became boyfriend and girlfriend, but the times that they broke up and got back together and broke up and got back together, who knows how much of that was real. Sure. Um, Bieber and Selena Gomez. Oh yeah. Who knows? who knows? You know what I mean? It goes on and on and on. And then there's all that incestuous stuff with like the Kardashians and like Tyga and like, I don't know. I can't keep up with yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But right. like, I'm not sure how much of that is real and how much of it's fake. Especially if you have like a reality show. I mean, then it's yeah. like, who the hell knows about any of it? It's, yeah. I mean, like, they're mastermind PR people, like, with their plotting boards and their calculators, and they're yeah. like, this is how much money we can get if these people date, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Um, In summation, male models are just, I think they're just kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Like, would you date a no, male model? Absolutely not. But that's also a vanity thing. Like, I don't want to be upstaged. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no. I don't yeah, absolutely not. I hate I would hate to be mentioned as an afterthought in like my significant others like um like cover story. His bio. Yeah. Yeah. Like also their spouse, Lorraine de Graffin, right? Like I wouldn't want Who that. stuck by him even while he was fucking Brazilian swimsuit models. Yeah. And like cool. and every time they did something ridiculous like got a DUI or just right. like had a weird drug trip and ran around Joshua Tree nude. Like, I would not want TMZ to be like, Lorraine, Lorraine, care to comment? Right. I'd be like, not really. Like, yeah. I literally don't care to comment. Also, models' Instagrams are so funny. Like, <laughs> they're just, I mean, maybe with the exception of, you know what, I'm really speaking from a place of ignorance and completely just, like, projecting. But I do, I do like Chrissy Teigen's social media pre- presence, and I know cool. everyone brings her up, but... um but there is obviously, like, an expectation that models are just going to be dumb, you yeah. know? So, like, when they're a little bit not, we're like, oh, wow. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. so good. Oh, Yay. you have an opinion about, like, I don't know, like, lasagna recipes <laughs> or, like, I don't know, Obama being cool. You know, yeah. like, hot take. Thank you, model. I don't know. I'm being, no, for real. I mean, but right we now. do it in the exact opposite direction too. Like when someone's like super smart, we're like, "What? And you're hot? Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. Everybody, no. get in here. Yeah. Like, um, you, I, have we talked about this on here? Like Martin O'Malley and his good body. Do you know about this? No. Check him out. Who's I learned, Martin O'Malley? When me and Stephen Cohen were doing, um, this is Maryland, by the way. We had this politics episode like right before the election, <laughs> and we started talking about Martin O'Malley. And someone was like, "I don't know much about him, other than he's like." super built built and i 
have known about Martin O'Malley for years. Oh, what's he and up, my dad Martin? belong to the same gym. Oh, that's funny. Which is even more of a reason why I should know that he's very fit, but I didn't. And he so is. if you just Google Martin O'Malley shirtless, there yep. are many results. Yep. Yeah, he looks pretty good. I people get say. excited about that. They're like, can't believe it. Like politics is basically like Hollywood for ugly people. So I mean, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of people in the writers' room of the show that I. J- just worked on uh were definitely of the opinion uh that you can't be attractive and funny uh at the same time wrong 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 (laughs) wrong yep i think what i i will agree with is that there are many audience members who will be taken out of some comedy stuff because someone's so hot but that is not that doesn't mean that that person's not funny right it just means that you are distracted and insecure so ron denker if you're considering a stand-up career i say go for it yeah um, Lorraine, who did you research for this episode? Naomi Campbell. Hey-o. What up, girl? You had to. I had to. Yeah. When I was growing up, she was huge. She was everywhere. I was a kid in the 90s. So, like, you could not open a magazine without seeing Naomi Campbell's face and butt. Yep. But you know what? I looked up to her a little, like, not not in, like, a very superficial way. Like, wow, she's black and beautiful. Like, uh, one day will I have long legs like that? Mm, like Those legs, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but n- the answer is no, Lorraine. You will not. <laughs> you will have legs that are the same <laughs> chubby, stubby silhouette as they are now. That's, that's biology. That's your DNA. That's how it works. You are beautiful. You are not supposed to look like Naomi Campbell. Thank you. No one is supposed to look like Naomi yeah, Campbell, except for Naomi Campbell. Except for Naomi Campbell. Um, and Tyra Banks, if you're lucky. But uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, she was just like in my view constantly, but I never knew anything about Naomi Campbell, the woman. So right. I took this opportunity, this learned up opportunity to go on ahead and do some light research on Naomi Campbell. Like, who is she really? And <laughs> surprise, guys, <laughs> I do not like her. <laughs> <laughs> guys. You you're hearing it here first. I hate Naomi Campbell. <laughs> she is. I really do Shots not like her. Fired. I am about to drag Naomi Campbell, guys. All right. I'm so ready first, for this. I'll start out with the the like early stuff, just so you get a sense of like her background and where she's coming from. She was discovered when she was 15 years old, but you know, for the big fans, deep cut, you know, her first public appearance was when she was a. Uh, in Bob Marley's Is This Love oh. music video in 1978. Isn't it funny how <laughs> people become famous from being in a music video? Just like dancing around yeah. as like attractive love interest. Although she was seven, so this is okay, this sorry. is a little different. <laughs> but this she was like, eight. But did you see her? She the legs of that seven-year-old. <laughs> Damn, girl. Yeah, yeah, she had it going on. Look at you Pre- doing your homework. Pre-pubescent. Pre- <laughs> you doing that music video ho. Uh. She's in Bob Marley's Is This Love, and she's discovered when she's 15. Um, and by the way, like her mom was a dancer. Her mom was known for being a dancer and she traveled around with a ballet company. And so Naomi Campbell was raised by like other relatives. Her dad was out of the picture, I think, as early as when Naomi was four months old. So he was really never a part of her life. Um, so Naomi Campbell, you know, she rises uh, through in the like, I'd say eight, late 80s, early 90s. And then in the mid 90s, she's known as like one of six 
models of her. She's one of six models of her generation declared supermodels. Ooh. This is where the term supermodel comes into relevance. That it didn't really exist before. Whoa. Because before models were just like pretend people selling clothes. Sure. And now they were like personalities yes. that and the faces that we recognize. Right, that we aspire to be. Yes. Naomi Campbell is the highest paid black model in history history yes she's british by the way she's english she's not black american for anyone who's wondering she has like um like jamaican uh back backstory backstory (laughs) she's got a jamaican backstory um and i think she also has a little bit of chinese heritage like her i think it's her maternal grandmother had the last name ming i didn't look too deep into that but if anyone's really curious like call naomi campbell up do an ancestry.com dig figure it out yep um, okay, so she's at age 16. She gets her first Vogue cover ever, which is a really big deal, mm-hmm. you guys. If you are a model and you get to be on the cover of Vogue, that's like, wow, that's everything. Yeah, I mean, you've made it. You've made it. You you could just be done That's if like you getting wanted. an Oscar as an actor. Right, exactly. Which is really funny because it's like just a picture of your face on a magazine. Yeah. You haven't. It's, I don't know. I know. It seems like who cares, but yeah. it's, it's really important. It is a big deal. So flash forward to like, I guess it was, I don't remember what year it was, but um, she was asked um, in a TV interview about how she feels about Kim and Kanye getting a Vogue cover. And she's like, I do not want to comment. And then she cackles. She just starts laughing uh, and they're like, okay, that's a comment. That's something. <laughs> Yeah, she pretty her attitude is basically that they don't deserve it because they didn't go through what she went through to get her Vogue covers, plural. Sure. Um, so she's just like throwing shade at two of the most famous people in the world. <laughs> yeah, because she came like she rose to fame like in an era that was pre-reality show. Right. Like she earned her stripes from yes. just being hot as fuck and like strutting her stuff. Yeah. And work in clothes and work in the runway. Right. And also Kim Kardashian has reached out to Naomi Campbell to say things like your hair inspires me. And you can see it. it, it there's totally a resemblance. Like the way Kim wears her weave and wigs looks a, a lot like the way Naomi Campbell tends to wear her weave and mm. wigs. So I found that kind of cute. But Naomi still is She's like. She's not reaching <laughs> back out. Yeah. I love the idea of Kim just like leaving a lot of voicemails on Naomi's like <laughs> hey, message machine. Hey, Naomi. Beep. What are you doing with your wig today? <laughs> um, la la la. Another like Naomi Campbell like moment was um after the death of um Versace. Do you know much about this murder? Not enough. I know like zero percent about this murder, but he was like gunned down in cold blood in nineteen ninety seven. And it's actually the two year anniversary of that murder was yesterday. Oh shit. How weird. Gianni Versace. Yeah. As we're recording this, you guys, it's the sixteenth, so who knows when you Oh yeah, actually this is this we're posting this this week. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wait, um, you just said two years. You mean twenty years? Oh, did I say two? Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, I meant twenty. I meant twenty. Cool, cool, cool. Twenty 20 years ago to di- to yesterday, <laughs> and it, uh, Naomi had this very teary interview on the Today Show where she was kind of talking about her relationship with him, and um, uh, Katie Couric is asking questions like, is it true that you were his favorite model? And she's like, I don't know about that, but he always made a point of holding my hand at the end of the catwalk and walking me out at the end of the show. I don't know if I was his favorite, but oh, we were so close. Uh-huh. And so it's like, yes you know you were a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> she was. She I mean, was, there's no way to say that. Like, yep, 
So confirmed. Right. But so she was so deeply loved in the fashion industry. So it was kind of a big deal when Tyra Banks showed up on the scene. And there was this feud that was manufactured by the media, but then it was sort of perpetuated by Naomi Campbell herself. She was like, fuck this bitch. Like, there can only be one. She didn't mean to, she didn't really, you know, want to do that, but she did. She bullied Tyra Banks and would, like, get her cut from shows and stuff. And Tyra really had a hard time with it because Naomi Campbell was her hero. You know, she looked up to her. She was like, I'm so excited. I want to, I, I want there to be more women of color in modeling. And she's like, and I can't wait for, for next semester. And Naomi Campbell's exactly. like, you can't sit with me. Like, I'm not going to give you I, notes for the exam. No, like, bitch. Get, no, you've got to do this your own, and, your own. And so, yeah, there were a lot of people who were instigating it, who were, who would like say things to Tyra, like, Ooh, like, don't you know, like she's three years older than you. She's basically expired, like rise bitch. And like people going to Naomi, like she'll never be like you. It's an insult. Anytime someone compares her to you, like she, she's desperate to achieve the level of success that you've achieved. Never let her take it from you. <sighs> so that's so sad. Um, the market so- can accommodate more than one woman of color who has that kind of status. And it's easy for us to say, because we're not there, but like, Jesus, I can't imagine that kind of like pressure. Um, And so in 2014, Tyra invites Naomi on to her show to have this like healing day where oh, they, the Tyra show? Yeah, on her show where they talk about their 14 year long feud and they just air out grievances. And I watched a little bit of it and it's so awkward. Oh it's God. so awkward. It's basically, I mean, Tyra holds all the power. It's her show. She's prepared for it. And she basically is just dumping on Naomi like, when you did this to me, it hurt me for years. I don't know if you know. Oh and then and Tyra just like wants everyone to know that like she's had hard times. I know. Yeah, it was like so ridiculous to see. And there was a there was something that I found kind of interesting that came out of it. Naomi was pretty um, jealous of Tyra because Tyra had her mom a lot b- backstage and at shows on the road and stuff. And Naomi never got to have her mom with her because her mom was doing her own career uh, that was all over the world. Right. And Tyra's like, let me tell you why my mom was there. <laughs> when I would go off to Paris, she couldn't afford to be there with me. So any chance that she could be with me, she would be there with me. And it was special. And she was there with me because she couldn't always be there with me. And it's like, whatever, guys. Okay. Models are weird when it comes to expressing feelings. <laughs> um, okay. So on the on this topic of like women of color and modeling, in 2013, there is New York Fashion Week. And there are several designers... And I mean, it's hard to say whose choice this was, whether it's the designers or the casting agents who put these shows together, but they made the creative choice to have a bunch of shows that were all white women, no women of color whatsoever. And so Naomi Campbell and others take this as a personal attack. Like that's racism. Yeah. So Naomi Campbell, Iman, the model, do, are you oh, familiar? Sure, okay, sure, great. sure, sure. Okay. And Beth Ann Hardison, former modeling agent, they come together and make something called the Diversity Coalition. That's what they call themselves. And they make a website where they just put these designers on blast. They just list the shows that had all white models. And this starts such a huge controversy. All these people are like publicly shamed. And they're like, we're not here trying to embarrass anyone. We just want to call attention to what we consider a racist act. And they're right to do it. Um, I just think... I, I just, something smells wrong to me. Like I, it feels disingenuous. Like 
I think absolutely like they should have done what they did. But like after the stuff that I read about Naomi Campbell and hearing about her feud with Tyra, I'm kind yeah. of like, I don't think that that's naturally in Naomi's bones. Like I think she that, doesn't want there, it to be diverse. She wants to be the only black woman. Right. She wants think, to be like a shining star, like a black star. Yeah, yeah. Again, like this is happening in 2013. So I think that it was in vogue to say black lives matter. And she was like, I'm going to say this like i'm gonna step up and do this all eyes will be on me yeah for at least five minutes so i don't know and then another thing is um Wait, can i ask you a quick question yeah a follow-up did she have like was she working a lot in 2013 because like i haven't heard much from her in the last few years great question she is the host of a reality television series uh, called The Face. Oh, boy. And that premiered in 2013. Okay. So the timing of this just feels off to me. I see. Um, a little convenient. We, yes. So that's all I'm saying is I don't know if I can totally trust Naomi, like, speaking out about, like, black issues because it doesn't seem like she's been there for her black brothers and sisters until all of a sudden. And right. But if anyone's curious, these are the designers she called out. Alexandra Wang, Victoria Beckham, Mark by Mark Jacobs, Donna Karen, Oscar de la Renta. Did I say those right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it is, this is a real issue. Like a lot of agents say that they're reluctant to book non-white models because designers are reluctant to book non-white models. So essentially, like they are not shy at all about saying non-white models are bad for business. And that's weird. That's racism. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you remember, um, you know that model Alec Weck? No. She's, okay, I think you probably do. You just don't know her by name. Oh, sorry, but, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, this woman? Oh my God, yes, 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 yes. When she came I on the totally scene, know her. do you remember? She's, she's, she's considered a supermodel. She's considered a supermodel. I remember seeing her in Vogue, like, many years ago, actually. And it was like, oh shit, this is cool that she is in this position because... Nobody else looks like her. Right. She has very, very, very dark skin and she has a shaved head. Mm -hmm. She's like such an anomaly. And I wonder if Naomi Campbell has any thoughts on Alec Weck. I also wonder that. Naomi has thoughts on everybody. I'm sure she does. So, yeah. So, I mean, she and this coalition, like, they're right to speak out about this. They point out how there were way more women of color getting jobs in the modeling business in the 70s and 80s than they are now. And that's true. And it's a travesty. But... Here's some of her shady, bitchy moments throughout the years. Um, she's screaming at a contestant on her uh, on her show, <laughs> where she is the host. <laughs> you are not on my level. You will never be on my level. Can you please do it as Naomi Campbell? You are not on my level. You will never be on my level. Ooh, so much more cutting. And her running out the door. Save it. Save it, you idiot. Aha. Um, I have a career. You don't. Uh... Check your lipstick color before you come and talk to me. And this girl had this like absolutely outrageous like blue lipstick color that was like a little bit smeared and like looked really bad. And the girl looked so shocked. She just looked so like cut by <laughs> Naomi being a bitch about her lip color. Um, don't call my girl a liar. You haven't won a single challenge so far this series. You haven't won a single challenge. So I know you're the liar. Don't call my girl a liar. 
And also there's one moment when she's backstage. She's supposed to go on stage. I don't know what this, what the context for this was. I just saw the clip. There's some British singer like singing opera and she's like backstage so impatient checking her watch and she yells audibly from backstage and I'm sure audience members could hear her going, get this singer off. (laughs) She's just pissed. Oh, and she was like yelling at room service because she, all she wanted was a simple cookie, but their menu had desserts that were too elaborate and she's like, I see crap creme de la creme, like raspberry, double fudge chocolate pudding. I don't want any of that. I just want a cookie. Can I have a simple cookie? A simple cookie. <laughs> She's a bitch. I don't like her. But she. <laughs> but would you expect her to be different? Would you expect her to be like really pleasant, nice to room service, like willing to share the spotlight? Like, no. I guess no. She's fucking Naomi Campbell. She's Naomi Campbell. Yeah, I mean... I, I think they don't breed you to be... I mean, they breed you as a model, as a supermodel, to hate other women because you mm-hmm. see them as competition. Yeah, sadly. And, yeah, it's like... What a painful life. What a I sad would life. That. Yeah, because my life is completely the opposite. <laughs> like, the only thing that, like, fuels me and, like, fills me with hope is, oh, like... yeah, the company of bare, other women. Yes, yeah. my, yes, my belief in the power of women. It takes a village to keep me, like... <laughs> from being depressed yeah like if they're if they're suffering i'm suffering oh yeah that's so like all i can do is build them up i i think i care too much about other women i think i could take a page from naomi campbell's book every once in a while yeah like sarah like you weren't feeling very well before this record and i was thinking maybe we need to postpone i'm like i don't think we should do it like sarah's not feeling it but you look at us rising to the occasion absolutely look at this shit ladies and gentlemen you're listening to learned up where's my award where's my simple cookie where's my cookie (laughs) also like i didn't buy that she was gonna eat that cookie i know it's like maybe it was the only thing she had that day maybe you know okay This is getting into some hot water. Uh, You know how like super thin women who maybe have an eating disorder like crave sugar and they won't eat fattening things, but they'll eat like gummy bears or like sour Skittles and like, or like they love, um, they love, (laughs) I'm a fucking asshole. They love, um, what's that brand? It's not sugar fish, but it's like sugar, it's like, um, something sugar, Fina sugar. I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. This shit. These cute little, I mean, by the way, they are so goddamn delicious. They come, they're little like rosé infused gummy bears or like, you know, champagne uh, infused. I have never had. Gummy eggs. I want. They're very delicious. But they're being sold at Saks Fifth Avenue. Oh my God. How much are they going for? I want to be rich and have this. Anyway, I just think it's funny. Only that 850. Is funny. What a steal. That is really um, funny. I think it's really funny and warped and fucked up that um, people who starve themselves uh, like eat a lot of sugar, but they won't eat like, you know, uh, chicken. Which is terrible for your mood. Oh, like, yeah. That's going to drive you crazy. It's going to make you uh, really unpleasant to work uh, with and just yeah, generally be around. Uh, so, yeah, modeling industry. I mean, I was hesitant to like when you suggested this topic, I was like, do we need to like you know give more like t- airtime to like to like a set of beauty standards that are bad for everyone i think yeah i just thought that like i remember the power that these women had in the 90s kate moss naomi campbell uh linda Ev- evangelista evangelista Cindy claudia, Crawford, claudia schiffer where Cindy is claudia Crawford, schiffer christy turlington yep. 
That's like the top five, top six. There was power behind it. It's it true. was like they it was like this industry used to treat them like marionette puppets, you know, and like made them do their bidding. And then these women like took it over. And yeah. I was like, oh, there's probably gonna be some great story about a Jewish supermodel, black supermodels. Right. Let's do this. Yeah. And um you know what? Like that is really I mean, that narrative is, is somewhat true, but it's mostly not. It's something that they fed to us so that we could be a little complacent in our status as like uh, idols, things that people look at, you know? Yeah. Well, there have been a lot of, there have been a lot of like prom. I wouldn't say a lot of, but there've been, there's several examples I can think of for, for like black supermodels. Yeah. Um, I kind of yeah. want to do over on this one of these days <laughs> and, and like, see, I want to do some research on black fashion designers. Oh, yeah. Right? Sure. Like Jewish fashion designers. Oh, there's designers. many more Jewish fashion designers than there are Jewish yeah. fashion models. Let's like, let's explore that another time yeah. because like there's some really good work that goes into building a fashion line and I'd like to learn about that. I mean, guys, Ralph Lauren, first, first factoid from that hey. future episode, Ralph Lauren's birth name is Ralph Lifshitz. Right. That's right. Anyway. Great factoid. He made himself over to live the American dream. Um, so make me over. So that's that's models, right? That's models. That's a wrap on models. Thanks for listening, <laughs> dudes. Heyo, black boos and Jew boos. And Jew boos and black boos. We're pumping our hands in the air like like that emoji. Wait, is there an emoji that raises the roof like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta find it. Gotta watch the emoji movie. I know that. <laughs> I know that there's like this girl who's like, I did GF. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see what we were doing, guys. It was really cute and funny. Okay, so my black boo is the surprise mystery Maori sibling that was just like you know brought to the surface by BuzzFeed this week. Oh my gosh, Tabior surprise Maori. What's his name? Tavior, Tavior, Tavi, Tavior, Tavior, Tavior. Probably Tavior, right? Yeah, you're right. Rhymes with Xavier and good behavior or Ooh, bad, behavior, bad behavior, depending. I'm on my worst behavior. Look at him; he's very attractive. He sure is. He looks like a Maori. He's a Maori, all right. He's their baby brother. He fits right in. What's he up to? What's he up to? He recently graduated from UC Davis. He played football and is working on like i think a music career now Ooh, whatever he's handsome that's what he's really good at so if he wants to go be a male model if he wants to be a fucking black supermodel yeah he would do great at it do that shit he's also like a super chill uncle to like his uh, like nieces and nephews uh from the maori clan just like Look at how cute of an uncle he is. So cute. Look at that child. I know. Oh, my God. I know. They are... The most beautiful family. The Maori family has, like, special genetics. So that's my black boo this week. That's very good. Um, Hey, I just found my Jubu two seconds ago. Um, You are listening to my thought process in real time. Peter Sellers. Oh! Uh, Yeah, an English Jubu. Good one. Listeners, devout listeners may remember that I once found it hard to imagine English people being Jewish because I'm (laughs) ignorant. Um, Yeah, it's totally meaningless. Whatever. There's lots of English Jews. Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. Pink Panther. And, um, you know, the the goon show. And um, I don't know. 
I'm being there. Anyway, this is getting very bad. Um, Peter Sellers is Jewish. uh, And I kind of want, I actually don't think I've ever seen being there. And I haven't seen Lolita. Have you? Oh, yes. I have seen Lolita. Yes. Oh, Lolita. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, (laughs) It's, you know, difficult. Mm -hmm. And like, did you read the book? I did read the book. Yep. And that's the thing. It's like the movies do things that the book does not do. Like, uh, sorry, I wasn't prepared to talk about Lolita. I Can you remi- don't mean to put you on the spot. But I do want to say something about it. Can you remind me of who wrote it? Uh, Nabokov. Nabokov. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Is it Nabokov or Nabokov? It depends on how you want to pronounce it, but I like whatever I just said. Nabokov. Nabokov. Oh, fuck. That's I, what you said. I guess I, I flip-flop. But um, Blop, he's a good writer. Nabokov. Uh, he made a point of saying to the people who would market the book and then also just anyone who would like adapt this book later, hey, please don't over-sexualize Lolita. Like the point of it is that she's a young girl and it's Humbert Humbert that is sexualizing her. Yeah. Yes. Like don't make her look the way that like mass audiences would think of an adult sure. woman. And that is what they all did. Like, oh, sure. The, so, um, I don't know. I just find that really interesting. Cause, cause doesn't that change the story? It makes it, cause what does it do? It, it, well, it makes you feel probably wrongly that she is complicit, which is fucked up cause she's still a minor and can't consent. Yeah, I guess it's also trying to get you on board with Humbert Humbert. You want to feel sure. what he's feeling. But the whole point is that he's uh, deviant. Like, yes. he's not. And he still kind of gets you on his side a little bit if you've right. read the book. Because it's like, he's so sorry about it. Yes. So doesn't that sort of cheapen what uh, Nabokov was doing with the text? You get on, you're seeing it through his POV. Right. You're on board with it. And, and then you, you're like, I'm disgusting. Yes, exactly. I hate myself. So then that goes away when you just make it socially acceptable. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. This is Oprah's book club and <laughs> we are recommending Lolita. But wait, before we move on, is Michael Caine Jewish? Oh my God, is Michael Caine fucking Jewish? Because I was looking at Peter Sellers and I was like, oh, he looks like... He looks like Michael Caine. Oh my gosh, literally the first thing that comes up is Jew or not Jew, yeah. Michael Caine. Jew or not Jew.com. Oh my God, Jew score, seven. <laughs> seven out of ten? Uh, this is ignorant. I don't think he is. I don't either. Wait, grew up in a Jewish? Hold Wait on. Wait a second. Yeah, he, not Jew. But it says, he said stuff, our grandparents spoke fluent Yiddish to each other. Our parents couldn't understand it. We know know, know a few words. Our, Our children, children, we doubt it. Yiddish okay, is certainly... Right. Okay, we're done. Um, Not a Jew. But did grow up in a Jewish neighborhood. Interesting. Maurice Joseph Micklewhite Jr. That's his real name. Micklewhite. How did it become Michael Kane? I mean... Michael, all right, you do Michael the math. Kane. You're born Maurice Joseph Micklewhite Jr. You have no choice but to shorten it to Michael. Michael K. That was pretty good. Okay. Yay, Jupiter and Black Moon! <laughs> Alright. I think I think that's an episode wrap on supermodels. Mm-hmm. Guys, thanks for tuning in, for bearing with us. This was some weird energy, but I think we I think we rocked it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, you decide. I, let us know. Yeah, exactly. Let's leave it up to them. Um, hey, feel free to let us know about the vibes um, mm-hmm. via email mm-hmm. by emailing us um, at learntuppodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to give me a, a 
an out of 10 score for how Jewish I am or how good this podcast is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jew or not Jew. Um, also, feel free to follow us on social media. We're at Learned Up Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, yeah. Thanks, What's a Creative. They're our podcast network. They're cool. Thanks, Alexis B. Preston. Uh, she's our producer. And Adam Isaacson, thank you so much for our theme music. Thank you for listening. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey guys, I'm Jesse. I'm Julian. And we host a podcast on What's a Creative called Extra Extra. Do you like reenactments of old reality TV show fights? Do you like hearing about the top pop culture stories of the week, according to us? Do you think Mila Kunis should quit acting and open up her own restaurant? Each week, we invite a new guest on to talk about their favorite Hollywood scandal. It's salacious. It's dramatic. And above all, it's funny. According according to to us. Now get your umbrellas, shave your head, and tune in to Extra Extra. Extra. Woo!